everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Upload on WNYU 89.1 FM. I'm your host, Michael Batavia, and today we have a spectacular guest. His name is Jack Chen. He's a second-year student at NYU and is the co-founder of an environmental startup called Stooped. And I'm so happy to have him. <laughs> so, Jack, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Great. So, um, you, one of the things you mentioned is you have this very early stage uh, startup environmental thing called Stooped. Why don't you talk about it for a bit? Yeah, sure. I'd be more than happy to talk about it. So for Stooped, our goal is to help transition uh, the stooping, uh, the process of stooping, which many of the New Yorkers are very familiar with, into a very digital space. Right now, it's mostly done on social media. We're hoping to create an app that helps people to trade their used items out and uh, stoop some new ones too. Our goal is to hope to that one person's trash is another person's treasure. So we can really help people recycle stuff and just not like use something for like a year and throw that away, but rather give it to someone else who might be needing it while just, saving that person the money. That's 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 quite good. It's like, uh, yeah, the idiom, another person's trash mm -hmm. is another person's treasure. Just to, for people who don't know, what, what it exactly is stooping? So stooping is like a term we like to use in big cities like New York City where uh, you will go on the internet to hunt for the items that people don't need. And so someone, if someone doesn't need an item, they'll put it out on the street, street and he hopes that someone else might pick it up and use it for uh, their like furniture or you know cooking or anything like that. You know? Yeah, I think I think it's quite a it's a good goal. And I uh, and what you're hoping to solve is trying to make like make the process a lot easier, like, you know, so you can actually find where people are putting like their quote unquote trash instead of like, oh well I don't see any of uh used sofas near my neighborhood. Where do I go find one? That's probably what you're planning to do. Right. We have a um, um, pretty sophisticated currently developing searching algorithm the house people set their preferences and really help, help them look out for the items. Because right now you have to go on the Instagram to, you know, scroll and hope for the best. But now with the new item, it will be very easy. You go on the phone or sometimes it sends you a notification and you know that, oh, you know, there's a new sofa ready to be picked up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite valuable. I think, um, so you're currently developing this for like the major phone platforms or like? Yeah, um, I... Don't know if I can go too much detail into the technical <laughs> background thing. Um, but yeah, we're currently building it on like mo mobile platforms. Uh, we're also hoping to do it on the web as well some days. Yeah. Have you talked to like different focus groups about like whether like your app will become like is, is worthwhile, I guess? Um, yeah, we're actually currently in the process of doing so. We are reaching out to different, you know, stooping communities. Uh, different students, professor who uses it. While also know that there's like a huge demand for, um, you know, students who are leaving their dorms. Like at least for me last year, when I was moving out of the dorm, with a lot of trash and stuff that I, you know, I, I want to, you know, either throw it out or, you know, give it to someone else. So I think that with that, we can also get a lot of feedback from students about our apps. And yeah, in general, we're just really looking forward to getting feedbacks. Yeah. No, I, I think that's pretty important. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, a lot of cases when people travel abroad, like travel back to their home country or travel back via plane, the TSA is like, ha ha ha, you can't take that much stuff with you. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, they don't even allow stuff like hot sauce on the plane because, you know, that's, that's dangerous. So what you're doing, I think, is pretty worthwhile. I think people will probably want, you know, if you have something valuable that you can't take with you, people will probably want that. And um, yeah, 
Uh, so right now, are you trying this out? Like, are you, are you just in the process of developing it or have you like, you know, have you have the prototype or? Yeah, we're, 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 we're currently trying to get our first version of MVP out. Just like, you know, any early startup would, we're looking for, uh, feedbacks and then within those feedbacks, we run, uh, you know, the standard agile process of feedback, sprints, then feedback and sprints and just gradually building towards a, uh, functional working product that will be liked by people who in the stupid community, really. How's your current prototype looking? Um, it's looking, uh, it's looking pretty good. Like, like I said, I, I don't really want to go too much into detail with it. Um, but I think we have a solid work, a solid product that we're going. And I think that especially the searching algorithm itself is coming along very nicely. You should patent that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. At some point. All right, Jack. Um, if, if people want to like follow your startup or something like that, like unless you want to talk about it some more, you seem like it's pretty early stage. So I don't think you, uh, you see, I don't think you can say much more, but if you want people like any uh, stooping people to like look for your startup, where should they be looking? Honestly, um, I think we're, like you said, we're very early stage. It's not because that we don't want to, you know, sell a secret or anything. I mean, I think that a big thing about tech community is that we all help each other. I was talking with a friend the other day that says that, oh, you know, actually one of the Google, one of the biggest uh, framework that Google uses is from Facebook. So, you know, we really in tech community help each other. It's more about, we really want to get our, you know, like product to be very solid first so that people can like it. And we're really hoping, you know, it's an environment startup. So we're really trying to help to, you know, reduce waste, reduce stuff. And in order for people to actually, you know, use the app and actually reduce waste, we want to start by having the app to look good. So right now, unfortunately, I wish I could, you know, share something more, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. No, that's, that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of hackathon stress environmental products as well. Like I think for all, all of them I've been to, there've been some sort of environmental health track. So this is, uh, this is an idea I've ne basically never seen anyone go to. Um, I mean, I don't really, and I've always seen stuff like, you know, people throwing out things on the street and like, wh why, like, why would people do that unless it's visibly broken or the wood is rotten? <laughs> but I think it's, yeah, it's a valuable thing. And, um, well, I'll, I'll give you a promotion at the end of the podcast so people can follow you for anything. If you like have any updates on it. So that, that's his pro that's his cool startup stooped. We still got a bit of time, so um, let's talk about the second part of your bio. Is that second year student at NYU? Uh, Jack is also a member of the NYU uh, Conservative Club, so he, he's talked. He uh, he's uh, he's thought about a bit uh, politics and stuff like that. I know we talked about this last podcast. We got we got an outsider who doesn't really care about the whole Elon Musk thing, but let's talk about it some more because. Sure. I really like following this. <laughs> sure, that sounds like a spicy topic. No, spicy to topic. Yeah, I love to talk about it. So, <laughs> Elon Musk decided to challenge the current uh, status of the app market. So, for for most people, unless you you get your stuff from the Amazon App Store, which if you do, wow, I can't believe this. <laughs> the one app I have is on the Amazon App Store, and I'm pretty sure no one downloaded it. <laughs> But the current status is that there's a you can either get apps from Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, or you could just download the APK and you get a warning from your phone like, "Hey, why are you downloading the APK? That's potentially unsafe." 
So um, there's basically a duopoly, and Elon Musk decided to challenge, you know, if, you know, if one, one store decides to take you down, then you basically, and Google decides to take you down, there's nowhere to get your app. So you think this is a fair point? You think there's a duopoly in the current, you know, app market? Well, yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, there is a big duopoly, like you said, like no one else uses any third party things, let alone, you know, even Amazon, like with how big they are, their, their app store isn't challenged to Google and the uh, Apple market. And it's because essentially it's very much tied to the smartphone. Like nowadays people have an iOS or an Android and really the, really the only demand that those one needs is the, you know, the two big stores. I think that while, yeah, it is a duopoly, there's not really an easy issue to challenge in the market. And I feel like Elon Musk, with the resource he has, it's very bold for him to speak out. And like, I don't know, I don't even know if that would consider as a threat, but, uh, or to challenge the Google and Amazon. Uh, but yeah, I think for uh, like for him to speak out about that, I mean, that's definitely an effect that we've seen, like the duopoly side of things. But honestly, I don't know if you, know, you and me, Michael, or even Elon Musk can do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I think he talked to Tim Cook. I think the the best thing he can do is just prevent like censorship and just like ensure that, hey, if you have something like Parlor happen where like you get scraped off of the app store, you can potentially come back. You said like it's very bold of him to like do something. Why do why do you think you know it's it's bold? Well, I think he's essentially putting Twitter on the line. Like you know, if he says something that I don't like, they'll actually take him off. Like for real. Like they did it before with um with the one that Trump had the the Parlor, I believe. Yeah, well, there's stuff. they got like Parlor and then you got Truth Social. Yeah, Truth Social and Parlor. Um, while I am, you know, moderately, maybe politically leaning right, I don't know if I agree with, like, you know, just building it out completely filled with a right-wing echo chamber. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like a right way approaching things to me, but I think, you know, like, even with that big as app like Twitter, like you said, Apple and Google holds a lot of leverage, so they can take it off if they like, if they like to. Um, but, you know, it is Elon Musk, so you never know. Maybe he actually would just, you know, and then buying a platform or something. He just buys Apple. Yeah, he just buys Apple, like, casually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the, the thing of a lifetime. I think just like the previous guest, uh, Snigna Roy, she was previously on the podcast, I think people are just going to end up staying on Twitter. If, if, you know, something big does happen, like Twitter gets delisted, oh boy, that's going to cause a whole lot of chaos. And um, yeah, I definitely agree with your point that just if you have these platforms, they're echo chambers, you're never going to reach anyone. People, people have to put their, people have to put their platform, like what they're saying everywhere. And maybe some people will listen to it and maybe some people will not. And then you have to keep in mind that like people who have fair points of view will listen to it. Like, you know, if you put your you know, left-leaning podcast on Rumble, the chances of people listening to it, you know, probably slim. But again, there's, it's optional. You know, you're making Rumble more of a equitable space where, you know, instead of just, you know, echo chamber, like I'm planning to put this podcast on Rumble just because, you know, it's a healthy platform. And because uh, I think YouTube already has enough video already. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely agree. I think, uh, you know, like, I think even Elon himself tweeted that, you know, Twitter is just like a town square, town square. Like, it's like the same thing as like a center of the city, like 
like 200 years ago or even you know 2000 years ago in the center of the Rome city you know I, I it's like it's the same thing where you know people should come here and share their different perspective and if Apple shut it down it will be a very detrimental effect for us because everyone uses internet nowadays uh, and Twitter as much like as sometimes it might be a little biased as it can be it like it's still the center of, you know, attention. And it seems like, you know, whether you're left wing, right wing, or you're moderate, or you don't care about politics, like everyone uses Twitter, right? So I think that's, um, you know, that's where people can openly speak about, like you said, about their um, different opinions or, you know, share different things out there as well. So yeah, I I think Elon Musk, uh, his mission to, you know, to really make Twitter open a free talking space is true, um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something valid. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think back in the old uh, Greek times, people were a lot more like rational. You know, you could speak about a topic and people like be like either, hmm, that's a good point or, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I would tend to disagree with that. And, you know, we keep that as the Socratic method. And then that eventually moved on to, hey, you have something I disagree with? I'm going to stone you to death. <laughs> and, you know, now you have the modern day version of being canceled which um, we've got to fix that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he, Elon Musk has has good potential. I think it's going to take him for a while. Uh, it's going to take him a bit to finally uh, fill out everything. I think he's met with some European officials to try to get um, comply with some privacy laws that I think end up benefiting Twitter anyway. It's just, it's so remarkable how he's dealing with Twitter and then he's like SpaceX. He recently popped up with like Neuralink. <laughs> I haven't heard from Neuralink in such a long time. And then there was, I think, a report from the Wall Street Journal about the boring company. I could go on and on. He has so many companies. <laughs> uh, I mean, that one's not really doing so well. He, he may have gone a bit too far with uh, that one with the high-speed tunnels. But he's doing a lot. Uh, it's, it's just, it's remarkable he's doing so much. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I think that's the great thing about Elon. Like, he he really tries to, you know, go rogue with things. Like, even, like, I mean, firing half of the Twitter staff. Like, um, you know, while, you know, it's hard to say it right now. Like, you know, everybody can say that, oh, I disagree with that. But it's hard to see the effect of that. I mean, we, we work in the tech industry. We know that some of the claims that Elon threw about, like, the, um, you know, workspace, relaxation is definitely true. And it's definitely some of the perks in tech. And it's, it looks like it's a struggle between his employee and some of his, like, hardcore beliefs and stuff. And I think that a moderation of both would be very beneficial for Twitter. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've heard some people say that, that even though, like, you know, you're throwing a lot of people out, if they are, like, dead weight and they're not contributing to the company, it's probably good. I think Twitter, I've seen a lot of reports saying, like, people get yoga mats and free meals and you know there there's a limit to how many benefits you can get at work or you know working is good you're you know you feel better when you work mm -hmm. um but uh you know if, if you're spending all of your time doing yoga <laughs> work <laughs> yeah i mean like what you said there about all the perks and stuff i mean like a lot of tech companies nowadays are starting to more and more offering this i mean i i like you know as i do my internship hunts I look at the HR recruiters saying that, oh, we're the best snack, or oh, we have the best, you know, place to work or something. And I think that that is definitely encouraged productivity at times. But it's very, it's very interesting to see when, um, 
when Elon first announced the news and there are people like supporting him, like, oh, you know, wow. It's like nowadays people like don't even think about bringing their lunch and just like eat some company's food or whatever. Like, you know, where's the old time? Like, it's very interesting how different, how there's a gap between tech and like rest of the, you know, the company or corporate working culture. And I think that's very, they're very interesting and very fascinating for me to see like, wow, as a tech world, we have it easy. Like it is, we we do have it easy. That's definitely the case. You have people who are coal miners and they're like they're working in very dangerous situations and they can die. And we're like, oh, my eyes hurt. Yeah, and yeah, you're working in front of a, a computer all the time. I think it's a good thing to have benefits. I've been to like Foursquare. There's another company I went to. I I can't remember. It's based in Union Square. I may have talked about it before, but you know they have a wonderful office and, you know. Obviously, if you work in a beautiful place, you're going to, you know, probably work better. I still think, I still stand to my point that, you know, you live in a castle, probably, you know, you won't work so well. That's why people have to get a, a change in working environment. Working from home probably has some problems. I think another point I wanted to raise is that people know that when you join a tech company, the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that like being a computer scientist is on the decline. There's like too many of them. And if we learn anything from uh, 1800s American history, when there's too much of uh, too many people in a field, you're easily replaceable. I think people have to recognize that like, hey, if you don't do your work, you're going to be replaced. And you know, if you don't want to end up having that fate, you need to have some sort more of a managerial position or you just need to seek an entirely different career. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like you can already see it from this particular round of layoff. Tech is something, well, I wouldn't call it a bubble, and I don't hope it's a bubble because you know I'm a you know computer science major. <laughs> if stupid goes well, then it's great. You know, if stupid doesn't go well, I need a job too. So, um, you know, I don't hope it's a bubble, but at the same time, it is kind of like gathering a lot of demand, and it's it will be only time will tell whether like the supply will outpace the demand with how many people are like are like trying to go into the computer science field. Jeez, I was talking about brother who's applying to colleges. You know, everyone's who wants to be a computer scientist suddenly because it's an easy paycheck. In four years, you get an easy paycheck into the six-figure, uh, you know, middle-class life. Um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how whether that lives or not. I mean, for me right right now, at least for the next couple of years, I, I do believe that demand will outpace the supply, but to what point, that will be hard for anyone to say, really. I, tr- I, th- I think that as well. Uh, one belief I've been having recently is that computer science itself, like when you're when you're majoring in computer sciences, like you and I, you have to do something else. Like you, in order to avoid that specific scenario, you need to have some sort of specialization. Like I'm, I'm going to, right now I'm in Tandon and I'm planning to minor in like business tech management so I can have some managerial position or like have experience of like startup. And you know, you you're 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 already with Strooped. Stooped. Stooped. Thought like Stoop Waffle. <laughs> you're already with Stoop, so you're already doing some sort of environmental engineering thing. So I thought, I think like you either have to do that or you have to go the inverse scenario where you're majoring in something like environmental engineering. And because like everything is being absorbed into tech, you, you minor in computer science. So that's just my two cents on how to fix that problem. Absolutely. And it's shocking to see that um, it's shocking to see that a lot of people like really, you know, think tech is like a you know, straight ways through. It's really like not as like, like picture pretty, picture pretty as like some people were painted to be. Yes, we have it very easy. Sometimes you know the demands are high, the times are good, 
But really, like Michael said, what you said was absolutely what I hold myself to too. And that's why I built Stoop is because I solved uh, solve a problem and I want to solve the issue. And ultimately, I think that like computer science, we can do great things with it. Like every field can use some kind of computer science elements into it. And I think that ultimately it's about solving the problem, not collecting the paycheck. At least for me, that is. No, that everyone, everyone should exactly... This is like, I'll post it everywhere. Everyone should uh, completely remember the things you say. It's about values. It's not about the paycheck. You know, if you if you agree, if you feel like what you're doing is like going to solve the world, then do that. If you earn no money off of it, then like, you know, do something else that, you know, make sure. That's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of start people who are doing startups do anyway. They just invest a lot of their money. It's a net loss for them. But like eventually they hope to gain that money back and then they're happy doing what they believe in. Um, of course, we're students, so net loss is a thing we're accustomed to. <laughs> um and you know that's probably what you what you're doing. I mean, you you got stooped with like you're dealing with free things, and that's also the whole thing of nonprofits. They're doing things, and they're you know they only get money to reinvest to ensure that the company survives. So, it's, it's essential advice. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I wouldn't put it as like you know everyone listen to this or something. I mean, paychecks are important. You need to like you know feed your family, feed yourself first. But I think it's about having something higher to you know chase or that stick you know if stoop goes down the ground which could very well be because you know 99 of the you know startup do fail uh i recognize the possibility although i don't agree with it but i think um if it do fail i know that like one like i know that looking back at it i'll be like oh you know i tried to solve this problem if it doesn't help it someone else after me will come and solve the problem like you know it's about using technology to really solve the next generation's problem and I, you mentioned nonprofit too which was interesting. I'm actually currently also leading or working with this one pro- nonprofit called Laugh Together Foundation yeah. from the Orange County region, uh, California. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like next to LA. And we're really trying to provide like, you know, educational resources too. One of the key themes is also tech. We're trying to help people like, you know, get into the tech field and teach them tech. And I think that these are the things like, you know, like you said, I, as someone who has been through the nonprofit field, I definitely have a tremendous uh, respect for any nonprofit doing any work out there as long as they're doing it in the name of you know truly being a uh, charitable um i really do respect them it's a lot of hard work and it's a different type of stress that you're dealing with like you said we don't make money we we're essentially a beggar if you think about it a lot like that we're trying to use like you hope we're trying to raise money raise resources in hopes that we will provide resources you know we're sure rely on people's goodwill at least yeah i think my my research professor in high school was uh he wanted us to start a nonprofit in order to win t- win a particular competitions like Regeneron and uh yeah that i i really respect you for if you can do that um it it, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of work and uh the the group of people i have we didn't if we had truly believed in what we were doing instead of being forced to do it, we probably wouldn't have succeeded. That's probably what I should have started with you. You know, you seem very uh, inspired to talk a lot about this, the Laugh Out Loud Foundation. So maybe we'll do something else. We'll, we'll talk about it in a future episode. Um, but Jack, thank you so much for being being a part of the podcast. It's, it's really, I really appreciate it. And you want to promote yourself anywhere? 
Yeah, thank you so much for uh, talking with me, Michael. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and I really enjoyed talking with you about the different topics today. Uh, as for promotion, one of the big promo guy, that you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, if Stoop uh, does come out of the ground, I'll be posting that. Unfortunately, up for Stoop, we don't really have any social right now. Um, you know, if you if you remember the name Stooped, that is S T O O P E D, and like in a couple of weeks or maybe even before Christmas, we'll be in the App Store. You know, you never know. So go download that, check it out. You know, tell us your thing. You can follow me on Instagram at Jack Z Chen. That is Jack with like letter Z and then Chen underscore. Um, don't forget the underscore at the end. I'll so edit this in, so it's okay. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, but uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really do appreciate the time here. Again, I'm Michael Batavia. Thank you for listening on the upload, WNYU 89.1 FM, and we'll see you back here for the next episode soon. Have a great night for the ones you love.